Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hiring is challenging, and it used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter. In fact, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back, sports fans, to another sode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? We have a guest calling in. That's right, former Auburn quarterback, former Washington Redskins quarterback, Jason Campbell, the 2004 SEC Offensive Player of the Year, who led Auburn to an undefeated season, is hopping on the charity stripe. So buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. back baby it's the charity stripe hit your free throws because they're free so 207 coming hot at you guys and so 206 and i'm flanked on my left and on my right by co-hosts nikki snacks Karida, and alex toss me the rock Tosopolis. And like we said in the intro, we have a great show for you guys today former auburn quarterback jason campbell host of the Auburn podcast on the Believe Podcast Network is calling into the show. But before we get into the phone call, we're back with MyBookie.com. That's right. The partnership is continuing. MyBookie.com back on the charity stripe. Uh, You guys know the deal, but just a little refresher for those of you who don't, they will match your first deposit up to $1,000. That's right. You throw 1,000 shekels 
into the mybookie.com depository and they will give you a thousand shekels extra to spend. So Heisman voting is this weekend. You want to throw a thousand dollars on Chase Young. You deposit a thousand dollars, you get two thousand dollars to play with. You could throw a thousand dollars on Chase Young, and then you could throw a thousand dollars on Jalen Hurts if you want to throw your money around. That's a great shekel deal. It's a good shekel deal. It's a good shekel deal. And all you gotta do is use the promo code BLV. Capital B, capital L, capital V. B as in bozo, L as in love, V as in victory. Nice, Nick. Love those words. BLV, and get your deposit matched up to $1,000. Really good deal. We love mybookie.com. Cool. So, yeah, without further ado, let's just jump into this phone call. We're going to talk some SEC football with Jason. We'll talk a little quarterback talk because, you know what? The regular season's done in college, and we're into bowl season, and that means the draft is right around the corner, and a lot of teams need quarterbacks like we discussed last show, so it'll be good to check in with Jason, see who he likes, see some sleepers he thinks on, and obviously Auburn's in for a big season next year, uh, and SEC football was great. So without further ado, let's give him a -a ring-a-ding-ding. All right, guys, so we got Jason Campbell, former quarterback for the Auburn Tigers, Washington Redskins, on the phone. Jason, how are we doing today, man? Hey, guys, I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. It's sunshine, sunshine outside, and the weather's good, so to be in December. Yes, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, about. exactly, man. It, it, it pays off not being in the north. I went back to New York. <laughs> I, mean, I, went, I went back to New York for the holidays, and everyone's walking around in winter coats. I felt like I was in a Game of Thrones and not the good part. If you know what All I'm right. saying, yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you know what I'm saying over there, um, but yeah, man. Uh, like we said, Jason, you you had a great career at Auburn. Um, you guys went undefeated in '04 and went in a controversial year, which was really interesting to uh, look back on. Um, but you won uh, the one of the first the first Auburn SEC Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, so c- congratulations for that. It's an amazing accomplishment, and you shared cr- probably the craziest backfield. In, in, in SEC history with Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams. I look back in draft history, and I, I think you guys are the only three backfield members to go in the first round. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. That was, a, that was an awesome year. Like I said, it was an awesome career, you know, to be able to play with those guys. You look at, look at both of them, and, you know, both are still doing, doing well in life. Uh, Ronnie has become a financial advisor, and Cadillac, everyone knows, is a running backs coach at Auburn. So, you know, we've all stayed in contact. We've all remained close friends, and, um, you know, we, we shared a backfield. It was hard for anyone else to, to win a Heisman. Uh, I know that year I finished seventh in the voting in Heisman, but um, no one really cared about winning a Heisman. We all cared about, like, what is it going to take for us to win the next game? And huh. and to have that mentality for two guys to not care about who had uh, who had the most carries or who had the most yards, it made it fun to play with them because you can get with some guys that make things all about themselves. And I was a, I was fortunate to play with two unselfish guys in the backfield, and for all three of us to go in the first round is a compliment to itself and just a, a testament to us just working hard together. You know, we pushed each other. You know, in practice and everything, like we didn't take days off. And uh, and I and Coach Tuberville treated every last one of us. He treated the the smallest guy on the team. He treated as if he was the biggest guy on the team. And if you was a star, you got treated just like everybody else. And that's why we was able to win because there was no egos. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, the accountability is a huge thing, you know, when you're playing on a team like that. Yeah, I mean, and it's really remarkable as well to see that, like, no one getting jealous in a situation when Cadillac Williams has by far the best nickname out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like, Cadillac I like and then uh, running yeah. Bill 
calling him H2 Hummer. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I was on that team, I'd be giving myself a different nickname every day trying to one-up this guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at the stats you guys had across the board. I think you, you threw for, what, 20 touchdowns your senior year. Uh, Ronnie had, like, 900 on the ground, Cadillac 13. I mean, you guys did such, did such a good job of spreading the ball all around. Um, and so, I mean, that's something you really love to see. And it's something we're seeing in college a lot, too. We've seen Bama do it really well um, in the past with all the running backs that are coming out of there. But Bama took a massive L this season in the Iron Bowl. In a, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, know, I know you were – were you at that game? Yeah, I was at the game. I do uh, I do some radio for Auburn Network uh, for pregame and halftime. So I was there, and uh, the atmosphere was already crazy, the buildup that week and, uh, and everything. It just goes to show you how big that game is because, like I said, you know, Auburn has, you know, had a pretty good year. Uh, I know they would love to be in the playoffs and everything, but unfortunately they had some tough losses. And, and you would think, like, okay, so what are they playing for? And as you go to show you that they're playing for the love of each other, they're playing for the love of the university and for their families because they came out and played, you know, extremely hard. And uh, Alabama had a lot to play for. They was playing to stay in the playoff line. And every time that game is in Auburn, it's always something magical or something historic that happens. Oh, and yeah. it's been that way for years. And – and I was talking to Blake Sims, who played at Alabama and everything. And he was telling me that, man, he said, we we do not like coming to Auburn with everything on the line. Because no. he said, every time we come to Auburn with everything on the line, something always <laughs> happens and y'all always beat us. And he said, it's hard to explain it. We don't know. And he said, what's different between y'all and other teams? And I told him, I said, at Auburn, it's a cultural thing. Like, we expect to be Alabama, where other schools just hope they be Alabama. Mm-hmm. And since 2000, Auburn is 11-9 and nine against Alabama. And other schools will come in there and say, oh, man, it's Coach Saban, it's Alabama. Like, we don't have a chance. We just hope we get there in the fourth quarter and have an opportunity. Where Auburn, you hear this game 364 days a year. And uh, when that game comes, you're expected to compete and win those games. And when you don't win, you feel terrible about it. So, you know, you go in there expecting to win. Yeah, I mean, we're all Longhorns. The three of us uh, went to the University of Texas, and I got, i guess that's a different mindset we have. I mean, we hope we go in truthfully, you know, as fans, hoping hoping to beat OU, hoping to take down Lincoln Riley and OU. There's never really that mindset of okay, we expect to win this game. And let's be realistic about Alabama this year. I mean, yeah, Tua goes down, but it's not like Mac Jones is, is any slouch quarterback. I mean, he's pretty right. good. Yeah, he could he could sling the rock, and they have three they have three receivers who could go in the first round, and maybe a running back too. Not to mention the offensive line. And I always mean, the same defense. And their defense is like seven first-round picks deep. I mean, they have the talent across the board. I mean, but you guys are really led by, honestly, one of my favorite players in the country. I mean, he's the I, – he, I can't remember the last time, or maybe I haven't looked back far enough, where an interior guy, defender, <laughs> defender, was also on the offensive, you know, award list. I mean, what do you – you got to know Derek Brown. What do you think of him as a leader? And how, how did he play a part in, in leading this Auburn team into, into really a great season? Yeah, Derrick Brown is, like I said, you know, if we won those games, he'd probably be in the Heisman conversation. You know, he's that dynamic of a player and he's that dominant. You know, I've seen many guys come through college and pros and everything, but his size, when you look at him, you'd be like, okay, this guy can't move like that. There's no way possible. But then when you're on the field and you're standing there and you're watching him, his off-the-ball quickness, his athletic ability, everyone saw in the Florida game, how he tipped and got the interception, ran about 50 yards with it. Uh, then you saw in the LSU game, like we ran a three-one-seven type defense, which is unheard of, and we were able to do that. Georgia tried to complement the same thing as LSU this weekend, but they couldn't do it. And the 
reason why, because they don't have the two guys up front that we had in Derrick Brown and Marlon Davidson. What a so step up Derrick, he had this year. Yeah, exactly. Davidson. So with Derrick, yeah, with Derrick, you could do that because he was still getting pass rush. Marlon Davidson was still getting pass rush. Like those guys were still whipping the guy in front of them and still getting back there to create pressure, which made it hard for which made it hard for for their quarterback and everything. Joe Burrow still had a good game, but they was putting up fifty points almost every game against us. They was only able to put up like twenty three. Yeah, and yeah, they and had you, like almost you, ninety plays. And you saw that it was you know Coach O making halftime adjustments in the first half. You guys you guys did a really really great job against them and kind of kind of held them. Oh, it was definitely their toughest game, and it is in Death Valley, you know, too. Right. And it's a close game, and you held, I think, you know, the only game you've lost, or even the, really the toughest loss probably was at home against Georgia. Um, but again, you held that Georgia team, which I, I don't know if you agree with us or not. I think that might be the most overrated team in the country. Um, you held them to 21 points because I don't think they could do a lot offensively, and that defense really came to play. And I think maybe looking forward for Auburn, the next step would be on the offensive side of the ball. And that all being said, you had a freshman quarterback this year, you know, and he played pretty well for SEC football um, as one of the great Auburn quarterbacks. What do you, what do you think of Bo Nix going forward um, and really the future outlook of the offense on the offensive side of the ball for the program? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing with Bo is, like, we saw him in the first game. Uh, you know, the first half against Oregon, you know, I feel like he was trying to force everything because, you know, he felt like I had to prove to everybody I earned the position. Yeah. And uh, he was so used to running around in high school and making plays. And then when you look at the second half, I can tell the Gus had a conversation with him and just said, hey, guys, trust the guys around you. Trust our defense. Let guys make plays and we'll be okay. I think in the LSU and the Florida game, you know, playing a big hostile environment, young kid like that, I think it's tough. Um, like you say, yeah, an experienced quarterback would have helped in those situations. But at the same time, you know, he, he is a, a freshman. He's still learning and, and trying to build and grow. And um, But I do think because he played in those games, it helped him in the Iron Bowl. So I think in the Iron Bowl, he was able to go out there and not turn the football over. Uh, he was able to make some good throws and, you know, use his legs to, to help within the offense and everything. So I think because of those games that he played in, those hostile environments, and we wasn't able to win them. I think it's kind of made him grow up a little bit faster and then it's kind of made him like grow within as a quarterback because in the Iron Bowl, like you say, that's probably one of the biggest games of the year. And, uh, and for him growing up in the state of Alabama probably helped as well because, you know, you have to choose pretty much. It's yeah. an NFL team. So, you know, the importance of, of how much that game means to everyone that, that grows up in that state and everyone that's an Auburn fan or Alabama fan. So, for him to come out and play the way he did in Alabama game, I think was a step forward in the right direction from a maturity standpoint of playing the quarterback position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking forward to next season, you've you've got to feel good about having, I think, probably the most experienced sophomore QB in the nation. I yeah, mean, as far as big games yeah. played, right? I mean, you and I look at it. Yeah. But he's not yeah, you look anybody. at it. Trevor Lawrence was the other one. You know, Trevor Lawrence right. had a you know freshman year. You know, of course, he went on the field. You know. You know end up winning a national championship and then this year they still undefeated but you would have to say based on the game percentage as far as like the tough games that we played this year that Bo would probably be the highest rated uh, sophomore quarterback going into next year from a standpoint of understanding the what I mean the environment 
You know, like, right. yeah, he still has a lot of room for improvement. He still has a lot of growth uh, to go playing a position. And, you know, we won't have a Derrick Brown or Marlon Davidson, so we don't know what our defense going to look like next year. And, like, mm-hmm. Of course, they'll still be good because Coach, Coach Steele is there. That staff is still there. And those guys do a great job of recruiting. But a Derrick Brown type of guy is a once-in-a-generation, every-10-year type player that comes through in that position. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so having that defense also helped us this year because – we was able to lean on them in a lot of games where offense was sputtering. We were still able to stay in those games. So, you know, next year, you know, we're replacing a whole new offensive line. All got five guys were seen. We have most of our receivers coming back. We have pretty much all our running backs coming back. So, and then the quarterbacks coming back. So we have experience on that side of the ball. And our schedule is not as tough next year as it is this year. You know, we don't Brutal. have Oregon on the schedule. Brutal I don't think schedule. we have Florida on there either. So, yeah. you know, this year, next year will be a lot easier of a schedule than it was this season. So, uh, you know, of course there will be high expectations. But those guys, you got to take it one game at a time. And Bo can't put pressure on himself. He just got to continue to keep growing within himself and, uh, and and managing day by day of how to become a better quarterback. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, on the, on the culture thing that you're talking about, I think – Gus clearly has implemented, you know, a system in in play where the players aren't looking too far ahead, and that's been a problem for us as Longhorn fans is that it seems like the Longhorns are always looking at the end of the year rather than to who their next opponent is. And And that's how you miss games, man. Yeah, yeah. You miss games, easy games to win. And then Auburn, I will say, I mean, they lost, but when they lost, they lost to Georgia, who was the top four team, LSU, who's the number one team now. I mean, you lose games that, like, people, you know, expect to be tough games. The games they should have won, you know, they pick up and win. And that's, I mean, that's how you kind of take your team far and make your team competitive is you beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. And you're avoiding Florida next year, which, honestly, looking at the SEC East, that's probably the team I'd want to avoid most going forward. You know, I'm looking at Georgia, and and I'm not necessarily as scared of them as I am Florida next season. Um, And then you guys pick up a huge – you stole him from us. I thought we were going to get Chad Morris as our offensive coordinator. (laughs) I was ready to, like, duke it out with you on the show yesterday, and I get this bleacher report that you got the victory there. I mean, that's got to be a great get. I like like him as an OC. He was great at – he was great at SMU. Yeah. Yeah, some guys are better at OC than they are, like, you know, I mean, then there are head coaches, oh, you know, sure. uh, that's a different position. Uh, you know, like a lot of guys like being hands on. And I think with Chad Morris, like I said, it was everybody's trying to go get him because everyone knows the type of mindset he has, but he has a really good relationship with coach Malzahn. And I think it's a huge pickup for Auburn. It could turn out to be like a Joe Brady type situation with uh, LSU. You know, you already have Isaminger there, but then you bring in another guy you know, that uh, that can add to what you're doing, you know, it's always beneficial. I think the main thing is he can recruit. You know, he brought Deshaun Watson and, and, and those guys to Clemson, you know. So, you know, this is a guy that's going to be, you know, highly, uh, you know, highly sought out there from an offensive standpoint. I'm glad that Auburn has him. And, uh, you know, we got the deal sealed up pretty quick before he was able to sort of take another – Oh, yeah, I, I know. So, uh, I know. My heart's broken. So that was huge. Yeah, my heart's broken. You just stepped on it. So, yeah, it was I mean, the, the Deshaun Watson, salt in the wound. <laughs> and speaking, yeah. of, speaking of the recruiting, you guys, I think, are around seventh or eighth right now. Yeah, man. Um, as far as recruiting rankings. So, you guys are bringing back, you know, you're, you're bringing in a lot, of, a lot of great talent, especially at the running back position. We're talking about great running back nicknames. Tank Bigsby right, right now, you know. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to go to Auburn. Verbal commit at just of, as of now, but you guys have got to be excited about the recruiting class that y'all are bringing in. Um, yeah, yeah, we are. 
Yeah, we are definitely Good. like the like you said, the running back kid, uh, you know, from LaGrange, Georgia. You know, everyone's after him. Right. Uh, it's a know, top Georgia's thirty re- it's a top thirty recruits, a five star right there. That's that's huge for you guys. Yeah. yeah I mean right. at, at, as Auburn, you gotta love going out. I mean, I know as, as Texas fans, I love when we go to like different states. Like when we touch base in Florida and we can get a four star out of Florida. I love, I, I love that. I love getting in there. And I'm sure Auburn I mean, you're a Mississippi kid, yeah? Right, right. I, I grew up in Mississippi, and, uh, you know, I was able to go to Auburn. How, how'd they steal you away? How'd they steal you away? Well, for me, my brother went to Mississippi State, and then Eli had signed with Ole Miss the year before I was a senior. And uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of made it easier decision for me <laughs> uh, and everything. So I kind of wanted to – you know, Mississippi State wanted me hard, but at the same time I kind of wanted to have another opportunity because I had been going there for four years watching my brother. So I wanted like a different venue. And then uh, so for me, it came down between Auburn, LSU, and Georgia was my top three when it came down to, to making the decision. But, uh, yeah, I think our, Gus Malzahn and his staff has done a great job in recruiting over the last six or seven years. You know, they've been in top ten. I can, I can remember every year they've been in top ten in recruiting. And uh, so it just goes to show you that they do a great job of going out and getting these guys. And, and the culture is right. You know, when kids step on campus there, they feel the atmosphere, they feel the family atmosphere. And, you know, and Auburn's trying to do some big things. And everything's a competition. Yes, you know, Alabama's in the state as well. And, you know, so it's a competition trying to compete against them and LSU because every year the SEC West is 9-1 and one in the SEC championship games in the mm-hmm. last 10, 10 games. And so that means – if your buzz not out trying to get these players, then you don't have a chance. So right now in the SEC, everything is running through the West. So we have to compete with Alabama and LSU, and they have to compete with us in getting these high-quality players because at the end of the day, the winner of those games usually go to the SEC championship. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The West, it, the West is brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, but, yeah, let's talk a little bit about a position you know super well. Um, headed into the draft this year, and now the regular season's done. We're heading into bowl games, and there's a lot of good quarterbacks on the board. We just saw Jordan Love out of the random Utah State commit. Uh, people are mocking him into the first round. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow is the hot name uh, who's come burst onto the scene, and people are having him pegged as the first overall pick. Um, just to get your take on it, uh, who are some guys you love? Who do you think is going in the first round from what you've seen or what you've been able to look at thus far? And if you're the Bengals who seem to be picking first right now, is Joe Burrow. I know you want a lot, watch a lot of SEC football, and you must have seen this kid play as much as we have. Wow. Is he worth taking and passing up on what is a generational talent such as chase young or trading back and getting your guy Derek brown uh is burrow worth the, is worth handing the keys to the city yeah that's the thing uh if you're cincinnati you have to ask yourself like how much more is joe burrow better than if we was to trade back a little bit and maybe get you know the kid from oregon you know or or get love a little later in the first round so you know joe burrow's uh like i say he had an outstanding year he's played against some some uh some nfl talent this year within the sec and uh, i was like i said i was sold on him when i saw him perform the way he did against auburn the way we was getting after him the toughness they show like not running out of bounds you know yes you want your quarterback to stay healthy but he showed it to nasty about it that's uh that he has a tough mentality and uh when you think about it joe brady come from like the saints so he comes from like playing that professional uh, offense. So now he's had an opportunity to play in a professional offense. That helps his. That helps him moving forward. That helps his stock because he doesn't just play in a you know in a different style. He played in a pro style offense. And uh, when you look at guys like 
you know, Herbert that plays at Oregon, you know, big, tall kid, can throw the football, uh, can move the ball around. And I got a chance to see him firsthand this year against us in the first game. Like I say, he's a kid with a lot of talent. Like I say, love the kid at Utah's kid with a lot of talent. I mean, not Utah, but uh, – Utah State. Utah State. We're in the same yeah, so state. We're right there. Yeah. Just a couple miles right there, down yeah, the road. So, <laughs> yeah, so that kid has a lot of talent. And, uh, then, you know, you got to find yourself, okay, where does Jalen Hurts, you know, falls at? You know, where does, uh, like, because he's a talent that, you know, with an offense that runs in the pros now, you look at Kyler Murray and you look at Lamar Jackson, the type of offenses that they're running are basically like the type of offense you see them running in college. Yeah. So he won't be a first-round pick, but he'll be somewhere within that first day, I have to imagine, when you think of him because, you know, the things that he are able to do from a running standpoint and a passing standpoint, he has developed better as a passer. Now, you ask me what you pass up on Chase Young, who's a, a generator. That's a hard question because at the end of the day, if you can sack the quarterback in the NFL, it makes your whole defense better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's just hard to pass up because there's been teams that passed up on Boza, and these kids are just wrecking the league out there in San Francisco. You know, he could be possibly almost a defensive player of the year, and he's a rookie, you know. So this is, it's just hard to say do you pass up on that type of talent because at the end of the day, it's hard to find those needles and ace that pass rushers. And then when you take a quarterback, people all say, oh, man, the quarterback has everything up. Every quarterback you know that's successful in the NFL – Look at who's their head coach, and then look at their surroundings. Oh, they all have a successful yeah, defense, yeah. and they all have a solid head coach that's been in the league for a long time. Like, Russell Wilson is great. But, yes, Russell Wilson also had Pete Carroll, who had great defenses. I remember at one point I was in the league, they wouldn't even score more than 14 points a game, and they was winning almost every game and, and everything. So when you look at Russell Wilson and then you look at Lamar Jackson, what does he have? He has a head coach that's been coaching and been to the Super Bowl a long time that's been the head coach at Baltimore. And then you look at the defense. That defense is outstanding. Yes, Lamar gets a lot of the credit because he is a dynamic player. Russell Wilson are dynamic players. But they have the defenses in place that they don't have to do everything. But if they do do the outstanding things, it makes their team so much better. So if I'm Joe Burrow, Yes, the Bengals may try to take you first because you was at Ohio State. You did grow up in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, you can bring fans back to the stands and everything. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, do you really want to go there with everything that's going on? Because it's going to take more than just him to get that back on track. Oh, yeah. I mean, you the Super Bowl wins you. The the, the quarterback wins you the Super Bowl. But the, the rest of the team, I always say, I think get, I think really helps get you there. I mean, right. you do need that defense. We see it time and time again. I mean, the Bears went to the playoffs and were completely dominant, and they really had no offensive game last season. Right. You know? And it, it is so situational. I mean, I always go back to the 0-2 draft um, with David Carr, and then the Texans are starting a new franchise, and that's who they spend their first overall pick on. And it's no no knock against Carr as a quarterback. He just has nothing around him to go with. And so if you're looking right. at Burrow in this situation, what's Burrow? Because A.J. Green's going to leave. You know, their offensive line isn't anything to write home about, and obviously they right. don't have the a defense. defense it's not even as close as they used to be. No, you know no, no, So it's no, just no. like you got Let's so go many pieces that has to go in place there. So – you know, they may try to take the kid, Chase Young, first and everything to, you know, for Joe Burrow. You know, of course, it'll be closer for him to be back closer to home. But at the same time, for sure, he wants to be in a situation. Like, Lamar Jackson couldn't ask for a better situation. Right. Like, you ask him right now, would he rather went first pick to Cleveland or went the pick that he went to Baltimore? He'll tell you 10 out of 10 times, I'd rather be in Baltimore 
because Cleveland is still working through a whole bunch of chaos that oh, they've yeah. been going through year after year after year for the last 15, 20 years. Since so you were there when they were saying, going through everybody, it. Everybody always say quarterback. <laughs> I like, man, people have no idea. It's way bigger than a quarterback when right. it when it comes to that organization. Oh, and yeah. uh, for Lamar, he's going to make way more money than, than Mayfield because he's in a better situation and a better franchise. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, you look at you know two franchises that both took quarterbacks last year in the Giants with Daniel Jones and the Redskins with, with Dwayne Haskins. And now we're looking at this year, and, and right now the Giants have the second pick. And they're kind of – I can only imagine they're kind of just like they're, you're chomping at, their, chomping at the bit to go and draft Chase Young if the Bengals go and get Joe Burrow because now they've got their elite pass rusher. Now Daniel Jones would then be thrust into a position where he can be successful and not all of the pressure is on the offensive side of the ball, right? Whereas the Redskins have a new head coach – after they, their head coach gets fired in the middle of the year this year, there's a lot of chaos in, in that organization, and it's it's a harder place for Dwayne Haskins to find success. Oh yeah, I mean coaching it's con- like a key example of it. Coaching right continuity is everything, and we see it now in the NFL. I mean, people are you know um, are firing head coaches just to keep the offensive coordinators aboard, and maybe they may not be you know the head coach material like we said we're saying with Chad Morris earlier in the show. But yeah, I mean the perfect example is I'm sure you could go look. You could look at your draft. I mean Rodgers ended up in a better situation. Yeah, he fell farther than he thought he would, but he goes to the 24th pick to the Packers. I mean, I'm sure he would have rather gone to Green Bay, hindsight 2020, than go number one overall to San Fran. Right, exactly, exactly. Because had he gone to San Fran at that time, San Fran has a whole bunch of chaos going on. And it took when Jim Harbaugh got there, Alex Smith was going to his sixth year when things started to change. uh, He had like four different offensive coordinators. Right. (laughs) And then you look at the stuff I had to go through in Washington with so much chaos. Yeah, you had two different different coaches. Yeah. Says who ended up in a better deal? It's it's uh, Aaron Rodgers. He ended up in a better deal, and uh, yeah, he was able to sit behind Brett Favre for three, four years, and then he was able to play in a rookie contract just one year, and then they re-upped him. So that took all the pressure off of him as well. But then he was also with the same head coach his whole time there, and this is his first time having a new head coach. But this is year fourteen. I mean, year fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you know, it's just unfortunate for some guys, but then fortunate for other guys that fall in those right teams, right situations, right places. Because I always say the NFL is about situations. Like, oh, yeah. There's so much talent in the NFL, but if you're not in the right situation with the right people in the right places that have the culture right, have the organization right, you can get lost in the shuffle, and it, and it can be brutal on you in your, in your career. Real quickly, before we get into the favorite sports member for you, if Trevor Lawrence was inside this draft class, do you believe that he would be the first quarterback taken in the draft? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know, no doubt. Like, uh, because he's the youngest, he has so much up, more upside. And uh, he's big. I don't know if people really see him in person. This kid is like 6'6". Six, six. You know, <laughs> and he throws the ball so accurately. You know, it's just, it would be without a doubt first yeah and yeah, plus that's, yeah, that's a he, question that a lot of our fans ask us and and we just wanted to kind of put it out there for you yeah it's something we've been debating and people i mean obviously they've been looking at joe burrow's season but obviously what trevor lawrence has done lately talk about just decimating teams week in and week out i mean they're playing they're playing they're playing no mercy football right now clemson and they're very scary going to the playoffs um but yeah we'll, we'll go we'll close out with uh every question we always ask our guests it could be any sports memory you want but what is your personal favorite sports memory Oh, man. Mine is probably two of them in the games that I played in. Uh, one was in college since LSU, uh, you know, fourth and 12. And, you know, Saban was at LSU and they ran blitz zero. 
and I got cream between three guys throwing a comeback, and I had to let the ball go early with enough air for my receiver to see it when he turned around. And I just remember the whole crowd going crazy. And then we ended up throwing the ball on third and uh, like 12 from the, in the red zone to the back of the end zone. It's according to Taylor, and the crowd went crazy. We ended up winning that game 10 to 9. And that kind of prompted us on to our undefeated season. Then in the pros, uh, probably say an overtime game against Kansas City when I was playing the Raiders uh, in 2010. Uh, we went to overtime, and I was able to hit Jacoby Ford on deep post route. And the whole oh, stadium fast. just went. Yeah, the whole stadium just went crazy, and yeah. uh, we ended up winning that game. And I just remember the whole Raiders chant throughout the whole day, and that's when I found out how big of a robbery the Raiders and Kansas City game was. Was that the fastest receiver you ever played with, Jacoby Ford? Yeah, yeah, he was super fast. Like, this guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah he was super fast. Yeah, like, you, he had like a ninety-eight Madden rating. I think yeah, speed. speed. Yeah, you just, yeah. you you said his name, and the three of us just looked at each other, and go, "Yo, that guy was fast." <laughs> like we mouthed nah. to each other, that guy was quick. I mean, but yeah, just to kind of go off your sports memory, I mean, how fast when you're driving down the field against LSU? How fast are those moments going in your head, or does it feel like slow motion almost? Well, when you're in the game, it feels like slow motion because you're taking it one play at a time. But I'm very sure now you're a fan you know you're on pins and needles uh, but you know as a player you know you're trying to get the play call you're all locked into the field and what's going on around you but uh and once it's over with though you go back and you look at it you're like wow what a moment like and then you look at it and notice like yourself was involved you know you consider like man you know what you know thank god for the opportunity because like that was that's like a wow moment so uh you know, I always tell people, like, just, you know, take it all in. I tell my nephews all the time, take everything in, man. Like, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the process. Don't rush any process. Like, enjoy it. I like So when you do reach the pinnacle, it'll be well worth it. And you're going to enjoy the journey, the highs and the lows. Enjoy the journey. Don't try to avoid it. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, that's great advice, man. I mean, it's something that we've tried to take on with our show as it's grown over the past couple of years. Um, is try to you know we look back on the moments. So you always you always end up laughing on the on the lows. The lows like hindsight twenty twenty. Those always end up being super funny, anyways. Um, so yeah, I mean that's great advice. And Before two, we close it out, you got a score. Memory. You got a uh, score prediction for us for the for the Outback Bowl, Auburn versus Minnesota. That's a big challenge. Uh, it'll be a big game. I'll probably say. Uh, you know, it's in the Sunshine State, so you know January first in Tampa. So uh, I think Auburn can pull that game out. I'd probably say uh, you know 31-24, uh, 31-24 right, cool. Yeah, I would love to see them put up some points like that. And after talking to you, we'll be rooting for them. You know, we'll be we'll be we'll be sporting yeah. Auburn Tigers for you. Yeah, we got no ties to the Golden Gophers, so none, yeah. none. <laughs> I'm, I actually grew up I actually grew up an Ohio State fan, and I but I will say this: I do love the way PJ Fleck dresses. It is so intense, and he just—he's always running around. I got—I got to love. I, got, I like it. I think it's fun. Um, but yeah, we'll be pulling for the Tigers uh, in that game. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for calling in, man. To the fans out there, check out Jason's Auburn podcast, also on the Believe Podcast Network. You guys know the Believe Podcast Network. You love the Believe Podcast Network. Jason's podcast is awesome. You heard him talk Auburn football. It's a whole lot of that. This guy's got a wealth of knowledge about the Tigers, so go check it out. Jason, man, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for calling in, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. I have a good one. You too, yeah, man. you too, man. Be good. Uh, all right, thank you. Well, yeah, that was awesome. 
You got to love stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, great call, guy. Great, great guy. Great analysis, man. He, he really, I mean, I expected him to know his stuff because the Believe Don't Mess Around, and he does host the Auburn podcast. Believe he, ain't no slouch. He ain't no slouch. From what we listen to, his podcast is great, but he he, he was he did a really nice job. I enjoy listening to him. Oh, so, yeah. so seriously, go check out his podcast, guys. That was, he was really super insightful. Break down a little bit of what he said, but before we do so, Nikki Snacks Krida has a message from our new friends at Eight Sleep. Yeah, our new Nick. friends at Eight Sleep have a message for you guys right so let's talk a little about sleep right so listen to these studies from harvard and johns hopkins i used to smoke pot with johnny hopkins actually really yeah that's crazy stuff well anyway chronic sleep deprivation has shown to lead to depression diabetes obesity and cardiovascular disease that's bad we need eight hours of sleep i can tell you right now i get eight hours of sleep and i feel great every day that's why i'm so awesome when i'm on the cherry start podcast because i have a fresh eight hours when i don't have eight hours i'm kind of slouch you know kind of slouch, yeah, low energy sure. you yeah. can tell but uh, it happens but one of the biggest sleep problems out there is temperature it's tough to get a good sleep if you're too hot right no one wants to be too hot and sweaty when they're sleeping mm -mm. so i want to tell you about pod by eight sleep the pod by eight sleep is a high-tech design specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness it was developed by the leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. 43 million hours they've tracked. That's wow. crazy. That's Just to give you like a, an idea, I personally, on let's say I average seven hours of sleep a day. So aside from the fact that I'm under the recommended eight hours. You need to, you need to up those numbers. I need, I, I need to pump those numbers up. You got to be cranking those numbers up at least two times a day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, so if I, if I was, let's say I was seven hours of sleep on average for 25 years, right? 365 days a year, 25 years, I would be at 63,000 and change hours slept and they've tracked 43 million hours which is 43 more, million which is more than yeah which is a lot which is it which is talk about cranking those numbers up so yeah, the, yeah. Well, the back, research is sound so well, tell us more about the pod yeah, of course of course well it combines dynamic temp temperature regulation to sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery it learns from your sleep habits habits and adjust the temperature automatically that means if you like it in the bed cool and your partner likes it warm now you can have both at the same time it's crazy comfortable too Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, they'll send you a refund, full refund, and arrange a free pickup. They'll pick it up at your place full free. We love them. Hit your free throws because they're free. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but they already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast, guys. This is a limited time offer. Get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro, P-R-O, that is E I G H T sleep dot com slash pro P R O. Mm -hmm. That's what we got for you, baby. Yeah, right on. Everyone should be sleeping better. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, I, I had a bad mattress last year. Now I have a good mattress. Probably not as good as the pod. So go get that. But that's huge. Mattress game is everything. You know, what I'm, I'm, you you guys can attest to that. Dude, the mattress game is versatile throughout your entire life. You it's know, key. naps, regular yeah. sleep. Just yeah. watching some Netflix I, on your laptop. I love that they call it sleep fitness. Though. Cuddle time. And uh, speaking of fitness. Secret cuddle time. What What a great game. What? Sexy cuddle time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, but back on, back on what Jason Sexy Campbell time. was talking about. It was so great to have him on the podcast talking about Auburn. And really relevant, too, because... What was it? A couple episodes ago, you guys, uh, you guys put down a jersey. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Josh and I had a friendly wager. Um, we made a bet. It was a jersey bet. Mm -hmm. um, basically, the winner gets a jersey of their choice. Um, after next college football season, I have Penn State going further than Auburn 
next season finishing stronger and Josh has Auburn finishing stronger than Penn State. So whichever team finishes better next year, the person gets to pick a jersey. And Nick, yeah. how do you feel about this bet now after listening to you know what we think about the Tigers going forward Honestly, and Jason's opinions? I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried because that guy knows a lot about Auburn football and it seemed like they are going to be pretty good next year. I mean, I knew I knew they're going to be good. This yeah. is going to be a tough yeah. bet. No, it's, it's a good be bet. I, I I like the bet too. Um, they both have quarterbacks returning, which is key. Right, but uh, he he mentioned some really solid things about you know the quarterbacks returning, the wide receivers, the running backs returning. They are losing their entire offensive line, which is scary. Right. Um, but but they've got two four-star offensive line recruits yep. and the number two offensive line JUCO transfer. So I mean I think yes, while they're losing five guys and Auburn's a type of university where there's guys that are backups right now that could be starting at other mm-hmm. universities. Oh for sure in college football. So and also the whole credit to Bo Nix being a sophomore next year and he's he might be the most seasoned sophomore we're going to see next year because he's right. played in so many big right. games. That was such a huge take for me. And it's I mean uh, another another thing for Bo Nix is that he's he's great with his feet. Right, he's a fantastic scrambler. Um, and even if the offensive line cannot protect him as well as he needs to, he can get out of the pocket and create things uh, with his feet. Yeah, which is such a big part. I mean, we talk about that in college all the time. football specifically, yeah. right? And then I. I think think going on what he said about the NFL uh, programs uh, and how Burrow has been able to create outside his feet but you have guys like Lamar Jackson uh, doing it and Kyler Murray, do- Kyler Murray doing it and we talk about the rollout and how important that's become I mean so many QBs now are better on their like Carson Wentz like they're saying it on national TV like Carson Wentz is better on the run oh yeah Darnold is better on the run Mahomes is better on the run a lot of these quarterbacks are and so Bo Nix I mean yeah you're losing uh, they're losing uh, Prince is a big Winnego is a big tackle they're losing prospect uh, he's gonna he may be a first-round pick, but, I mean, it's going to be really important just to replace the guards. And I think, like, you look at the success of Justin Herbert, a guy that he likes, uh, from what I gathered, um, from what he was saying about about the quarterbacks entering this season uh, into the 2020 NFL draft. I mean, Shane Lemieux is, is a big prospect, and he's a guard on Oregon. And there's no, like, surprise that a lot of these Oregon guards are going to be taken early on in the draft. I think the guard play, guard play is so important because the need to pull out and roll out is huge because right. these quarterbacks are moving on the run. I mean, honestly, and he threw Hertz's name out, Hertz's name out a little bit. And the more I look at this, and the more I look at the way of the NFL as a Patriots fan, I know I have to replace a quarterback or have a guy waiting in the wings soon. Uh, another Auburn guy we have is Jared Stidham. I think he's a good backup. I don't know if he's necessarily the guy to take the reins. I think Jalen Hurts. If the Patriots are going to jump into the new wave of football, and I think they should, I think Jalen Hurts is a good guy to learn from Brady. And I know, Nick, your team needs a quarterback too. And I just look at the way things are going and the way Hurts has improved as a deep downfield passer. I right. mean, that was always right. like a thing yeah. that people were looking at. And he's really improved vastly as a downfield passer. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a guy that we like. And it, it's interesting. He poses the question about the Bengals trading back. Like we asked him, he's like, yeah, I, I don't see why they wouldn't if you could go back and get Jordan Love and get Justin Herbert. Guys yeah, that are give not them. Give the number one pick to someone who really needs Chase Young, who wants Chase Young. Chase Young, or who really wants Joe Burrow. That too. Yeah, like, yeah. Like if you're sitting there and you're the Dolphins, the Dolphins can go, all right, we'll give a future first-round pick, and then the two first-round picks we have uh, right now to the Bengals, go get the one pick and the three pick. Right, and then, yeah. Yeah, but if I'm the Dolphins, and we were talking uh, with this, you know, with, with Jason, it's you want to build your entire team, right? And there's other positions outside of quarterback that are super crucial in having a team that can compete. And to me, the Dolphins are in a similar position, obviously, as the Raiders were last year. And the best thing they can do is to bolster their defense and their offensive line 
so that they can provide weapons when they thrust in a new quarterback to really flourish. Right? Yeah, so that, so I, yeah, I don't not, think they'll do it. Yeah. I think I think I was just throwing, throwing an example out of a team that has draft capital to, to do, move up. To move up, it'd right. be interesting. An interesting thing is we're seeing the Jaguars sitting there with the twentieth pick slated right now, and like the ninth pick slated right now, or the tenth or eighth. Can they move up with the eight and the twenty and a future first and grab Chase Young and then just make and have Josh Allen and Chase Young on opposite sides of the football? That would be crazy. Be yeah. Insane. But I've also seen mock drafts. And uh, then do a bang. I've, I've seen mock drafts where the where the Jags are taking a QB in the first round too. I don't think they will. I don't know. Uh, we talked about I, it last I, show. I, I don't either. I mean, I, I don't think, think either of those guys are the answer, but I don't think they will. And I think Campbell brings up a great point in how that the Bengals, you know, could you go get the guy from Oregon? I like him. I like. I listen. I don't think he's as good as Joe Burrow. I don't think he's as polished. Um, I don't know if his poise is there because while he went, he took care of business at Utah. There wasn't as much on the line as as there was almost right. against Arizona State, and he right. faltered. Yeah, I mean the mental makeup of Joe Burrow is what makes him such an attractive quarterback for me to helm a franchise. Um, but but Herbert certainly can sling it as good as anyone can in college football. The arm strength, the the size. I mean, six six, he's huge, right? Yeah. Um, and and he's great in the pocket, and he, and he's mobile enough, you know. So. I think, yeah, you can't go wrong with it, the Bengals picking Herbert either. I, I, I really, and if I'm looking as a Joe Burrow fan, as an LSU fan, it's like I kind of don't want him to go to the to the Bengals just because I know how much chaos that organization is in right now. Because I, mean, I don't it's, see, it's it's kind of like an R.J. Barrett to cross-board it a little bit. It's like an R.J. Barrett at the, for the Knicks. It's like absolutely. I'm, it's I'm, a very, disaster. I'm very worried. Not because the player isn't promising, but and just talented, the organization. Just the don't organization. Well, he mentioned that too. He yeah. was talking about how guys like Lamar Jackson are so lucky and fortunate, and probably ten out of ten times would say that they have rather been the thirty-second pick to the Ravens than the first pick to the Browns because right. of stability there. They've got a coach in John Harbaugh who's been there, who's won a Super Bowl. They've got a great defense, probably a top three defense in the league. Easily. Maybe even the best defense in the league. Best kicker. Yeah, best which kicker. Is, which is huge. Yeah, it wins you games. You wins know? you games. It's like having an, it's like having the best setup man. Maybe not the best closer, but the best setup oh, man. Yeah. And if a guy in baseball can get you through the seventh and eighth cleanly so you can get to your big hitters, that there's no there's nothing more important. Like right. Teams go to the World Series because they have great setup men. Win yeah. the World Series. But I mean, like yeah. these guys who fall a little bit in the draft, it ends up helping their career. makes helps them get a bigger payday. Like Lamar's yeah, going to be making sure. more money because he's been playing so well. That's what he was Same saying. thing with Eric. Aaron Rodgers when he sat behind Brett Favre and he went to a scenario in right. Green Bay. He's only playing as the starting quarterback for one year on his rookie contract, which is what Jason Campbell right. was talking about, which is a great point. I mean, yeah. it's something that Ryan Leaf so many episodes way, way back brought up as well. The contracts that these quarterbacks are getting are super important in the just where they're going with the franchise and when they're going to start, when they're not going to start, when they're going to bring him in. Right. You know? yeah. yeah, and then I think Campbell throughout, he, he touched upon his own experience. But for those of you who don't know, his first two years he had Joe Gibbs and he had Jim Zorn. I mean, he bounced from you know head coach to head coach, and and you look at the teams he's played for, they're still you know they're still in, they're in, still in, in tough, the, in tough, tough positions, tough. you know. So continuity is so massive, and you have a second year head coach. What we think Zach Taylor will be, but we don't know even there. I mean, he's gotten one win this season. He's gotten one win this season, and I. This could turn out to be like a Hugh Jackson situation where he goes to Cleveland for two years and only gets two wins. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really necessarily. Buy him yet as the head coach, 
and there's no one around Burrow, they're going to lose A.J. Green. Oh, right. Yeah. And right. then Mixon is good, but has had some injury issues, and there's an offensive line. defense is not great. So I think I'm kind of – I think he's in agreement. I think I'm with him in the sense that I think it would be smart for the Bengals to trade back if they do have the one. Yeah. Or take Chase Young. Yeah. One of those two. You can't yeah. – you just you're not ready to take a quarterback like the Giants, and this is what I don't understand by the about the New York Football Giants. They are they regardless of whether I think Daniel Jones is good, uh, I think he still turns the ball over a lot, not only in the air but for fumbles too. Yeah, which is yeah. you know what, it's not good. Like okay, picks or whatever, you you got to hold on to the football too. It's like a there's, running. There's two ways to turn the ball over as a quarterback. And oh if, yeah. Either way, the other team is getting the ball. And there's right? and there's times like there's running backs who who are great running backs, but they fumble a lot, and you can't you can't turn the ball over in the NFL. That's how you you lose games by making mistakes, and that's a massive mistake. Yeah, I mean, like being just the prime example is Chris Carson, right? He is a beast. He's yeah. a stud running back, but he has fumble issues. He's had fumble issues. That's why Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny wouldn't really, in my opinion would not have gotten the chance that he's got that he had gotten this nope. season without nope. Carson's fumble issues. Nope. And unfortunately Rashad Penny is hurt right now and he, he's probably going to be out at least for the rest of the regular season. Yeah. Um and Carson has toned down the fumble issue a little bit in, in the past games, but like But now he needs but we're, to. But we're not discussing him as a top 5 running back in the NFL, which talent-wise, I think he could be or top 10. He's really underrated. He's super he is underrated, underrated but he, you, you know what? But if dude? you fumble the ball, you're never going to be in that top five. Yeah, Zeke, true. Zeke doesn't fumble. Derek no. Henry doesn't fumble. You can't fumble the ball. And I'm looking at the Giants, though, and I'm like, they've made back-to-back. I think they've made back-to-back really bad decisions because whether Daniel Jones was their guy or not, and yeah, you go, okay, if he's your guy, you got to go get your guy if you, really, if you really think that's the future quarterback. But they're not ready for a quarterback. They're not ready for a running back. They're just making aggressive moves right. and, and you know, and slap happy moves to maybe draw people into the stands and give their fans hope yeah. and rather go about this thing the right way. And I mean, even through the season that Saquon Barkley had last year, Josh, you were continuously saying, I still think it was a bad pick. I still think it was a bad pick. And look what happens this year. He's not a pro bowler this year. I'm right. He's, he's I'm right. hurt for things portions of the year. Yeah. Um, clearly, in fantasy-wise, he's been a, a bust, yep. a huge bust, one of the biggest busts of the season. Find me a time in recent memory, seriously, other than Ezekiel Elliott, when and, and when taking a guy, a running back in the top five has really panned out. Like McCaffrey's been good as the eighth pick, but you know what? It's not like they're in the playoffs. No. They have a problem now. Right. And then Fournette, uh, he's, I think Fournette's a great running back, but he's got injury issues. Mm-hmm. You know, same I think Gur- Reggie— Same with Gurley. Now Kamara also having a not good year. He's the round pick, but yeah, sure, exactly. Running backs, are, like we say, you know what? Unfortunately, it's just such a brutal position. Right. You're getting hit the most, at least, as far as touches go, especially, you know what? Maybe guys aren't carrying the ball as much, and they're splitting time in the carry section. But if you're a guy like Kamara, you're still huge in the pass game. You, you can maybe only run the ball 15 times instead of Derrick Henry's 26, but you're still getting 10 catches. Plus targets. You get right. hit in those targets, Tons. too. Right. You know? And a guy like Reggie didn't work out as well as we thought he would, even though I think he still had an underrated career. McFadden did not pan out like we thought he would. Trent Richardson. I mean, it just, you can't, in my mind, that I'd rather spend the top five pick on a, on a wide receiver. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially with the, the wide receiver talent that's in this class right, this year. Yeah, we might see one go in the top five. I think we're going to see probably three or four in the first round. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like we look at these running backs going, we got Dobbins. We talked about it last show. I mean, we I, I left DeAndre Swift off my top five, you know, guys I would draft list with this injury. Uh, who knows how big it is? Um, and I'm probably wrong, and, and I'm definitely wrong. But like you know what, I was you know. 
being controversial, but like, there's so many good running backs. There's like seven guys you could take, and at that point, am I going to spend a first round pick on a running back? Right. As right. good as I think Dobbins and Swift are, or as good as I think you know Najee Harris is going to be, I, you don't know. So you really have to be in the right time and place to draft a quarterback. Is what I got from that, and what we've been saying, and, and he really further hit that home. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like Auburn football. I like their chances next year. I just, you know what? It's with Alabama, they always have a great recruiting class. There's always guys waiting in the wings. But we're seeing time and time again, and I think we're starting to see it. Right. We see it with Duke basketball, maybe, is a good comparison. There's, like, with RJ, with Zion, the two best players in college basketball. Yeah. They couldn't beat a Virginia basketball team. DeAndre Hunter will be a good NBA player. He was, a, he was the fourth pick, but he was bleeps and bounds behind Ja, Zion, and RJ. They couldn't beat a Virginia team. With a bunch of guys who may not be NBA superstars at all, let alone some of the guys that will probably never play in the NBA, they couldn't beat that team because they were seasoned and they've been playing together for a long time. So I, I'm looking at this Alabama team, and we were saying it on the show. We were just listing up. We weren't really talking about it. I mean, we have like there's like five, six, seven guys in the defense that are going in the first round mm-hmm. or in the first two rounds. Yeah, yeah? It's crazy. Then there's the, then you have Jedrick Wills, guy you're talking about yesterday right. with me, Toss. He's yeah. he, people are mocking him as a, as a top a five t- pick. Top five, yeah. Leather yeah. Leatherwood will be a first round, second round pick. You have the three receivers, three receivers, the running back who, who is going to go, and the quarterback leaving, Tua. That's like you, you've, you've just lost like 14 starters. At what point, yeah, maybe you can replace them, but at what point does continuity play an importance? Absolutely, and I'll tell you where it becomes really, really difficult. When Alabama has a two-loss season and doesn't make the playoffs, you— you better believe that there are recruits all over the nation watching that, and LSU is picking up those recruits, oh, yeah. and Auburn beating Alabama in an Iron Bowl is picking, picking up, up those, those recruits. recruits. Of course. I mean, they're ste- they're going to start stealing their recruits. If I mean, Coach O is a much younger coach than Nick Saban. If he can continuously do this, I mean, you could see the SEC West turning to LSU for the next five years, yeah. and then and Alabama falls off the map, and that that you know gives way for for Auburn to make a run here. Speaking of Coach O. How awesome would it be if Baby Yoda's character, his voice was played by Coach O? I think any character, if their voice was played by Coach O, would be the greatest character. But can ever. you imagine he Coach needs O a playing Simpsons, Yoda? He needs a Simpson spot if he hasn't already had one. For sure, for or sure. Or South Park spot if he wins the title. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, the, the SEC football is, is really good, and I'm excited to see it next year. I like I like Auburn's chances. I love the quarterbacks coming out. So it's really going to be going to be a big bowl game for them against Minnesota. That you know we touched on with, with another Jason, rising program who's yeah. just signed their quarterback to to a deep deal. But yeah, really great interview. Loved I, having him on. Super yeah. cool that um, Gus Malzahn has beaten as his tenure as of a head coach at Auburn. He has beaten the Alabama Crimson Tide three times. Crazy, which like I, I mean, I like name him. me I another yeah, name me that. another team or coach who's done that. I love that eleven and nine since two thousand. That's great. They're eleven and nine against. It's Alabama really awesome. Yeah, it's really I mean, awesome. and it goes to hammer home our point we make about the Longhorns time in and time out is, and I love that they expect to win versus they're trying to beat OU. Right, but it's also uh, it brings up a really good point about college football how crucially important the head coach is because Texas. Uh, I was looking up the I saw the stat in the other. The other day, it was in the last 10 years, we've had a top 10 recruiting class nine times, and we've only finished with a 10-win season one time. Yeah. No, no. I, 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 you I, can bring in the best talent in the world, but if you don't have a no, coach— No, you have to deliver. Who's gonna, yeah. 
you have to be able to deliver. I mean, that's just such a massive part, and I do love that because Michigan's in the same boat. They're hoping to beat Ohio State versus Ohio State. Like thinks they're going to win this game. They expect to win this game, and you can look at a lot of a lot of rival rivalries, and and that rings true across the board. Um, but yes, excellent interview with Jason Campbell. We'll be having him on again on the show, hopefully before the NFL draft. We'll bring some of our XQBs back. Um, thanks for listening to the fans out there, and yeah, go check out his podcast once again, the Auburn Podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. But to the fans out there. Drag both feet inbound, swing on a full count, rip that puck, hit that putt, hit your PKs because they free, and hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they free. Because they free. We out you. We love you. is challenging and it used to be hard multiple job sites stacks of resumes a confusing review process but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done zip recruiter in fact go to ziprecruiter.com begin ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards and they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job as applications come in ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you cannot miss a great match ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day Right now, listeners here can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.